Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A free-spirited young woman makes an unexpected detour on her way out of town. Where is she? What is she doing? She's never done that before. And sends a trail of confusing messages in her wake. It said that I can't come back. I cheated on you. It just didn't sound like her. She would have called one of us. As she falls silent, suspicions put family members at odds. He hasn't been talking. He knows something. And leave veteran lawmen unnerved. Do we have a serial killer in the community? That's not something that happens in Spotsylvania County. It raises the hair in your neck. As loved ones struggle to make sense of the mystery. I don't think Caitlin would go and hide from us on purpose, ever. All eyes are watching. There's someone out there that knows where Caitlin is. I want to make them very uncomfortable. In the shadow of Washington, D.C., Caroline County, Virginia is rooted in the nation's history. It's here in December 2015 that 19-year-old Caitlin Akins is making a quick four-day trip home to celebrate a joyous family event, the arrival of her younger sister Gabby's first child. Caitlin came back to Virginia to visit Landon. He was two weeks old and she was really excited. She was like, I'm gonna be an auntie, I'm so excited. I can't wait to meet him. For Caitlin, who's always been crazy for little kids. It's a very big deal. She loved babies. She would take care of my kids when they were little. She would take care of Gabby when she was a baby. She's a very good sister to Gabby. The siblings have remained close, despite living nearly 3,000 miles apart. Last year, 
Caitlin left Virginia to move to Arizona with her fiance, Amber Rios, a 21-year-old restaurant worker. Caitlin and Amber met when we lived in Spotsylvania County. They lived down the street from us. They've known each other for years. When Amber's family moved to Arizona, Caitlin and Amber were like maybe 11 or 12. They still kept in contact. Over time, the friendship between the two young girls turned into romance. When I noticed that they were having a, a relationship, I was okay with that. I'd rather be happy than make her choose somebody else. So when Caitlin turned 18, she moved to Arizona. Long she's happy. That's all we wanted. These days, Caitlin is still in constant contact with her family back in Virginia. I talk to Caitlin every day, all day. You know, when she moved, before she moved, we told each other everything. If I would be working an eight-hour shift, she would call me two or three times, not including text messages. Why aren't you answering? Why aren't you answering? And she would call my sister. Where's mama at? Or she called Gabby. Gabby, where's mama at? She's at work. Oh, okay. She was making pumpkin bread one time, and she had called. And she was being ditzy, and she couldn't think of what to do because her bowl was too full. And she just called us over weird stuff. While Caitlin may have challenges on the domestic front, Back in high school, she always excelled. She was very book smart. She picked up things really easy. She didn't have to study. She just knew it all in school. When Caitlin was in Caroline County High School, she came home one day and said, asked me if she can graduate early. I'm like, yeah, why? She goes, because she's already got enough credits to graduate. And I was like, you don't want to ride it out? She's like, no, I'd rather just get it done and over with. So she did 11th to 12th grade when she was 15 years old that school year. And she graduated at 16. She was very proud of that diploma. You don't see a lot of people 16 years old graduating high school and then just going on with their life. And she was so excited to put her cap and gown on. Now, three years after graduation, Caitlin has decided to go back to school in Arizona to study cosmetology. To her loved ones, it seems like the perfect calling. Caitlin liked helping people. She liked showing people you can be great, you can, you can look good. Doing hair is really helping people. She always helped us with our hair. And she would do makeup and nails. She was wanting to do that a lot and fix her friend's hair for them and French braid it or put it up in weird different ways to see how it goes. She was always trying to be different. She doesn't want to be like everybody else. She'd rather be her own person. That's how she was. Wild hair, wild everything. She was kind of out there sometimes. On Thursday, two days before Caitlin flies home to Arizona, she squeezes in a visit with some old friends from high school. She was excited about seeing how things have been going since she was gone. The lively reunion continues into the wee hours, so Caitlin's friends invite her to spend the night in their apartment and drive her back to her mom's house late the next day. With beauty school starting that following Monday, Caitlin makes a note to bring her prized diploma back to Arizona with her so she can complete her registration. 
That's all she talked about when she was there. Don't let me forget my diploma. I need that. Saturday morning, Caitlin savors a few last moments with her new nephew, Landon. Then it's time to leave. Since Caitlin's mom, Lisa, works weekends, she recruits her ex-husband, Caitlin's former stepdad, James Branton, for airport duty. I had Caitlin call James to make sure that um, he was okay with taking her to the airport. She was excited to see him because it's been a while since she's seen him. Lisa and James met in 2005 when Caitlin was seven. The couple stayed together for six years. Caitlin's biological dad left when she was a toddler, so James is the only father she's ever known. His relationship with Caitlin and her sister was great at first. He would do things with them. He would um, take time off to do family vacations. He would help do their homework. Um, Just like the normal, typical father stuff. He was really great. And then towards the end, he still stayed in contact with Caitlin and her sister, Gabby, and he showed up for their birthdays and Christmas and stuff like that. At 9 a.m., Lisa drops her daughter at James's house in nearby Spotsylvania County. Caitlin and her ex-stepdad have time for just a quick visit before their 60-mile drive up to Reagan Airport. Because James, an insurance agent, has to work later that day back in Fredericksburg, Caitlin has agreed to go to the airport four hours early. I believe her flight was 5.40 p.m. He was supposed to drop her off around 1, so he can be at work at around 3. Trusting that Caitlin is in good hands, Lisa heads to work at a local store where she's an assistant manager. James checks in with her that afternoon. James texted me at like 1.52, 1.53, somewhere around there, saying that he had dropped Caitlin off. And I said, okay. And like a minute or two later, Caitlin had texted me and said that she was at the airport. Her phone's dying, so she'll talk to me later. I said, okay. Then, within minutes, the plan starts to unravel when Caitlin's fiance, Amber, in Arizona, gets a very different text from Caitlin. Amber messages me and says, Caitlin's not getting on the plane. I was like, what do you mean Caitlin's not getting on the plane? She says, she's not getting on the plane. She's, something's going on and she's waiting for a new flight. I was like, there's not a new flight. She's only got that one. So that's when everybody started panic. In between customers, Lisa alerts her family of Caitlin's abrupt change of plans. Once we realized there was something up, I sent Caitlin messages that we were worried about her and wanted her to contact us. And we didn't hear nothing. Finally, on her way home from work, Lisa texts her ex-husband James, who had driven Caitlin to the airport. When I texted James and asked him where did he drop her off at, he said Springfield Mall. I was like, why Springfield Mall? He said that that's where she wanted to be dropped off at. According to James, rather than sit in the airport terminal for four hours waiting for her flight, Caitlin decided to kill time at the nearby shopping mall, then planned on taking a metro train to the airport. It didn't make sense because we had never heard of the mall. She's never rode the metro. She was an experienced rider. She would have never figured it out. Back at home and growing more anxious by the minute, Caitlin's mom continues to leave messages for her daughter to 
no avail. Then, finally, a cryptic reply. I got one last text message about 7.15 p.m. And it says, I'm with a friend, I need time alone. And then her phone went back to where she was not receiving calls again. At that time, I'm thinking, where is she? What is she doing? Is she just being a typical teenager? Why isn't she getting on her plane? A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. En route to the airport, eager to begin beauty school in Arizona, Virginia native Caitlin Akins apparently makes an unexpected stop at a shopping mall near the airport and misses her flight. She later texts her mom, Lisa, that she's with a friend and needs time alone. Her text message to me didn't seem like normal Caitlin text messages because normally she doesn't text two times in a row. She'll text all at once. Adding to the mystery... Lisa gets word from Caitlin's fiance, Amber, in Arizona that she too just received a disconcerting text from Caitlin. It said, I can't come back. I cheated on you. Her text message to Amber, it was through Facebook Messenger, it didn't look like Caitlin's. It looked a little different, the way she would normally text. No emoji things. And I even asked Amber, did you guys have a fight? Is there a reason why she doesn't want to come back? And Amber had told me no. Caitlin's loved ones are completely baffled. If something was troubling the young woman, it didn't show. She didn't seem uneasy. She didn't seem upset. She seemed happy. After we got those messages, I called my sister and let her know that we were trying to call people, trying to figure out what to do. I think we called the airline, and she hadn't got on the airplane yet. 
she didn't she hadn't boarded it. We thought, well, maybe a friend picked her up. But according to Caitlin's ex-stepfather James, who said he dropped her at the mall, Caitlin never mentioned meeting a friend. And he has no idea why she didn't continue on to Reagan Airport as planned. He supposedly gave her $20 to catch the metro, which she hasn't ridden since she was like six years old. So she doesn't know anything about that. Caitlin's family spends the rest of the night frantic with worry. Caitlin's never ran away, so it was very new to me to hear this stuff. I never expected it. It was horrible going to bed. I don't think I slept at all that night. I don't think my sister did or Gabby did. None of us slept. We kept trying to call her, and no, no response. No answering. It all went to voicemail. Throughout the next day, it's more of the same. No word from Caitlin, and too soon for the authorities to help find her. My sister and Gabby has been trying to call the metro and the police department and the airport, and they told us that we can't do anything yet. And if she wants to be missing, she can. Finally, on Monday morning, two days after Caitlin went off the grid, her mother contacts the local police. I told Lisa to go to Spotsylvania County and report her missing, because that's where she had last saw Caitlin. At first, they were thinking she'd just run away, and she may need some time, and maybe she'll come back. They think she was just being a stupid teenager and just ran away. Then, while Lisa is still filing her report, a chilling discovery. Lisa was pulled into a room and said we had found Caitlin's luggage on the side of the road in a drainage ditch. It seems a road crew found the discarded suitcase on nearby River Road, more than 50 miles from Reagan Airport, but just a few miles from Caitlin's hometown. It's a terrifying development for Caitlin's loved ones. We didn't know what to think. We didn't know how bad that was going to be. River Road's kind of close. It's more bad thoughts than it was before because why was her luggage found in Spotsylvania County? when she was supposed to be in Springfield or at the airport. It doesn't make sense. That's when I got really worried and really upset because I didn't know what to think. Is she dead? Is she alive? Where is she? The contents of Caitlin's suitcase raise even more concerns. It has a broken wheel and it looks like someone just tossed it out the window. And it's got her wallet in it. It's got her debit cards from my account and Amber's account, her cash, her ID, her phone charger, her toothbrush. And that was all. Her clothes were missing, her phone was missing, and her high school diploma was missing. It's very concerning and very upsetting. The one thing that she really came to get with her diploma was not found. It went from her just being, maybe she's just being maybe a dumb teenager to maybe we won't see her again. News of Caitlin's alarming disappearance spreads quickly throughout the county. Our John Burkett spoke to the 19-year-old's family tonight. County Sheriff's Office saying the disappearance of 19-year-old Caitlin Aiken. We are actively looking at this uh, as a suspicious circumstance right now. Caitlin's case is assigned to Detective Rob Marshall, who interviews her family members at length. 
I was able to get family history and dynamics with Caitlin. Ultimately, as an investigator, you got to know who you're fighting for. You got to know who, who you're looking for. Detective Marshall also gets a statement from Caitlin's ex-stepdad, James, the last known person to see Caitlin. James's account of the events surrounding Caitlin's disappearance remains the same. The ex-stepfather, James, advised uh, myself that he had dropped her off at Springfield Mall at about 1 p.m. and dropped her off at the JCPenney's area of the mall. And he said that he had to take her up early because he had to work at 3.45 p.m. So she wanted to go up to Springfield Mall to hang out, walk around, and then she was going to take the Metro to Reagan National, which he said he didn't seem was strange at all. But Caitlin's mom, Lisa, finds this plan completely out of character. I just thought it was kind of funny He's been in her life for so long, he knows she doesn't know how to do any of that. Why would he drop her off there? To corroborate James's story, Detective Marshall requests copies of the security footage from the shopping mall for the day Caitlin went missing. He also pulls footage from cameras in the nearby metro station and airport. We contacted uh, Reagan authorities, and we also kept tabs on her ticket. And her ticket was still, was still active. But then, while the detective is immersing himself in Caitlin's case, a grim piece of news comes in. A few miles from the ditch where Caitlin's suitcase was found, police have found the body of a young woman. That's not something that happens in Spotsylvania County. The victim is about 20, with blonde hair and tattoos. A close description of Caitlin Aikens. In central Virginia, two days after Caitlin Aikens went missing, police have discovered the body of a young woman who matches her description, and Caitlin's loved ones are panic-stricken. They wait anxiously for police to identify the victim. I couldn't sleep. I had my mind going crazy. It was like, where is she? Is she dead? That's all I thought of. To their relief, Police soon determine that the young woman is 21-year-old Heather Saccone of Spotsylvania County. She lived a few miles from Caitlin's family. I think I've met Heather before. She worked in the same area as I did. I think it was when I was working midnights and she was getting off. I think that's how I've, I've met her before. But the frightening murder on the heels of Caitlin's disappearance sends shockwaves through the peaceful community and creates new fears for Caitlin's family. It made us worried at first that maybe Caitlin's like that too, sitting somewhere, and no one knew about it. We had two incidents within the same week, and so it always sends up a fear factor uh, for the residents. Do we have a serial killer in the community? Detective Rob Marshall and his team work overtime to determine if Caitlin and Heather knew each other or may have crossed paths. 
when you have a homicide that uh, that occurs within 72 hours of now this missing person case, you have to immediately look and see if there's any parallels or any connections. You look at their circles, circles of friends, their interests, what they're doing and what they're not doing, any relationships with those two cases. Police interview Heather's family and friends, comb through her social media, and process her vehicle, looking for anything that would link her to Caitlin. They gotta be able to, to at least cross that, that part off of their investigation, that there is no connection. And once they can, they can refocus their direction somewhere else. But after hours of digging, police come up empty. There's no physical or forensic evidence linking the Caitlin Aikens case and Heather Sacon case. Once we realized there was no links, I stayed focused on Caitlin Aikens and finding her. Five days after Caitlin vanished, search and rescue teams scour the shoreline of the Rappahannock River where her suitcase was abandoned, looking for any sign of Caitlin or her missing possessions. Approximately 100 feet on the left-hand side here in the ditch line was where the luggage was found. We would expect to find clothing or the missing diploma, found neither. Not one item, one article of clothing was found in this location. To be sure they didn't miss anything, investigators conduct a 30-mile helicopter search along the riverbank. We've also done aerial search with FLIR system, which detects heat. And we've actually done that from this portion of the river all the way down to Port Royal, which is a large distance. But again, there's no sign of Caitlin or her belongings. A week into the investigation, Detective Marshall turns his attention to the friends Caitlin was partying with the night before she vanished, and he gets an earful. They were drinking and playing card games, and um, then one thing led to another, and they ultimately um, were intimate with one another. And that was something well, we know from the next day that, that Caitlin was having trouble with. According to Caitlin's friend, the feelings of regret were mutual. He ended up coming home early that day because he wasn't feeling well from the previous night. Um, and when he arrived, Caitlin was there. And um, actually, he and Caitlin, they ended up taking the dog down to the dog park. And he described Caitlin as being um, a little bit despondent. She wasn't really talking a lot. They ended up driving Caitlin home back to her mother's house in Caroline County. After interviewing the friends at length, Detective Marshall learns that although the couple have known Caitlin for several years and greatly care about her, they had never been intimate with her before. I found that they were straightforward with me. I didn't find any information that where they possibly could be helping her hide or nothing suspicious. 
But the incident does help explain the parting message Caitlin apparently sent to her fiancé Amber right before she vanished. And it said that I can't come back. I cheated on you. Then, as the detective continues to look back through Caitlin's social media, he finds a second revealing message. Caitlin was having a conversation in the early morning hours prior to her disappearance, where she says, I don't want to be here and I don't want to be there. Meaning, I don't want to be here in Virginia and I don't want to be in Arizona. This raises questions for investigators. Did Caitlin go missing on purpose to get out of her engagement? Cold feet? Maybe. Anything's possible. But based on what I've heard about Caitlin, I I feel that she would not go this long without talking to her family, at the very least. To be certain, Detective Marshall has undercover agents stake out the places in the area that Caitlin was known to frequent. We used investigative techniques to determine if Caitlin was possibly staying with friends or family. But nearly two weeks after Caitlin vanished en route to the airport, police are no closer to finding her. It just gets depressing when you talk to them every day or every other day and they don't have anything. No, nothing today, no news today, no news today. But then, Caitlin's cell phone records land on Detective Marshall's desk and turn the entire investigation upside down. About two o'clock, Caitlin notified her mother through text that she was at the airport, but her battery was dying. When Caitlin's phone sent that message, she was not in Springfield or at Reagan National Airport. The phone pinging was actually still in Fredericksburg area. Caitlin's phone was more than 50 miles from Reagan Airport, but only five miles from the ditch where her suitcase was found. A few hours before Caitlin Aikens fell silent, she apparently sent her mom a text saying she was at a DC airport. Her ex-stepfather told her mother he'd dropped Caitlin at a shopping mall at about the same time. But records show that Caitlin's phone was nowhere near either location. Desperate to get answers for the family, Spotsylvania County Detective Rob Marshall combs through hours of security tape from the mall where Caitlin's ex-stepdad said he brought her. And he said the last that he saw of her was when she got out of his Jeep and was walking towards JCPenney's entrance. There's actually two cameras on that side of JCPenney's, both of which does not show. At 1 p.m., the time frame he said, that he dropped her off, does not show Caitlin, does not show him, does not show his vehicle. The detective also reviews footage from the Springfield Metro Station and Reagan Airport. Somewhere down the line, I would think a video surveillance would have picked Caitlin up. But Metro Airport had no confirmation that she was over there. Thus far, Caitlin's ex-stepfather James has been fully cooperative with police. James came in um, for interviews. He was 
uh, readily available. Through the course of investigation, something comes up and you need a quick answer. Every time we called, he was answering his phone. Giving us photographs of his vehicle so we could look at surveillance footage. At that time, he seemed like a concerned father. Still, in light of the detective's recent findings, he now has reason to believe that James may be withholding information or being less than truthful. We got to the point in the investigation where it's common sense, you just got to rule him out. So I contacted James and requested him come in and do a polygraph just so we can move past him and keep going. And he actually, he agreed to do that. And we were scheduled for December 29th at 10.30 in the morning. He agreed to be here. Meanwhile, it's now more than two weeks since Caitlin went missing. And with Christmas just days away, her family goes through the motions of trying to prepare for their traditional gathering. Our first Christmas without Caitlin was rough. It really wasn't a Christmas. We gave the kids Christmas presents and stuff, but it wasn't the same. There was no joy in it. We got our smiles from Landon, but that was about it. We tried to have a regular Christmas. We had turkey, we, we all met together. We had big family time and open presents and just one person wasn't there, it was Caitlin. We tried to make it normal as possible, but it wasn't normal. Right after Christmas, Detective Marshall is eager to pick up the investigation where he left off. Then, a bombshell. I received a phone call from James saying that he was not coming in, that he had spoken to his attorney, and his attorney advised him not to do a polygraph. He also mentioned that I'm looking at him as a suspect. I told James that I'm not looking at you as a suspect. I haven't called you a suspect once. You are the ex-stepfather of, of Caitlin. You were the last person to be seen with her. We have to go past you to move forward in, in the case. Then he just ultimately hung up. I was dumbfounded. Why wouldn't you want to just clear your name and move on? I asked him, if you didn't do anything, why can't you take the polygraph test? And he said, I've already said what I had to say to them. That's my story. He says, he says I don't know how many times I got to repeat myself. I've already told them what happened. With no other recourse, Detective Marshall gets a warrant to search James's home including the swampland behind the house. But as it turns out, what the lawmen find only heightens the mystery. Nearly a month after Caitlin Akins went missing, Spotsylvania, Virginia police get a warrant to search the home of her ex-stepfather, James Branton. The 10-acre property is located in a rural area called Partlow, about 50 miles south of the mall where James said he dropped Caitlin. Caitlin was at James's house. That's the last known location. So we do a forensic exam of his home and outbuildings. 
We seized multiple um, electronics to include PCs, um, cell phones. We also do a forensic exam on his vehicles and then do a thorough search of his property. For more than eight hours, investigators comb through James's residence, both inside and out. But not a shred of evidence is found. To this date, we have nothing that give us anything suspicious might have occurred at the house or in the vehicle. Although James firmly maintains that he had nothing to do with Caitlin's disappearance, Detective Marshall wonders if James may be covering for his ex-stepdaughter in some way, because parts of his story just don't add up. James said he had dropped Caitlin off at Springfield Mall at about 1 p.m., and then a short period of time later is when you have James's phone sending a message saying, I just dropped her off. But records show that Caitlin's phone was at least 50 miles away from the mall at that time. And even more alarming to police, so was James's phone. On December 5th, 2015, James's phone records showed all of his communications on his phone, incoming and outgoing all hit off of the Parlow Tower. Digging deeper, police also find a discrepancy in the story James told Caitlin's mom, Lisa, the night Caitlin disappeared. James actually told Lisa that he had gone to work that evening, and I was able to determine that he had not gone to work uh, by checking with his employer. Detective Marshall told me that he did lie about going to work that day because he called out. Not only that, phone records also show that in the hours and days following Caitlin's disappearance, friends and family repeatedly tried to call her. James never did. If he really cares for her like he said he would, why would he lie and why would he try to call her? He was the only one not to call Caitlin when she went missing. Deeply shaken by these findings, Lisa confronts James at his home. I walked up to him and I was like, why did you lie? I said, you said you went to work that day and you didn't. Why did you lie? And he just sat there, he didn't really say anything. He hasn't been talking at all. He holds the key, I think. He's got to talk. Likewise, detectives still hold out hope that James will come forward and help them resolve some of his conflicting statements. We want that, and we leave that door open for him to come back and, and talk with us. Discrepancies that are in James's story could be a simply him protecting Caitlin. It could be James has helped her get somewhere because she was dealing with tough times and having troubles. And if that's the case, then just have her contact us. And, and that'll be it. She is an adult. She has the absolute right to disappear. But Caitlin's loved ones still insist she would never go missing intentionally. 
I don't think she could. I don't think Caitlin could stay out of touch. Because she, she was always calling us. She enjoyed the baby. She always had something to call us for and wanted to tell us. So police continue to explore other possible scenarios, many of them a lot more grim. I think she found somebody online and was talking to them for a while, and she met up with them. And it was just the wrong type of person, and that person did something to her. According to Caitlin's phone records, just prior to her disappearance, she hadn't communicated with any strangers using her primary accounts. However, detectives learned that Caitlin sometimes corresponded through an encrypted messaging app, and police can't access these texts. Social media can be good, it can be bad. Unfortunately, the predators have gotten very, very good on social media. If Caitlin had met with foul play, it would explain the discarded suitcase and bizarre text messages. We know that Caitlin's phone sent those messages. We don't know that Caitlin was with her phone. For more than a year, Spotsylvania police have been challenged by two high-profile cases, the disappearance of Caitlin Akins and the murder of Heather Saccone. They haven't solved that one at all. They're still waiting for answers as well. But detectives are determined that neither case will ever go cold. I don't believe I can move on until this case is solved. You get to a point where you're so invested in the case um, and you're invested in the family that I couldn't imagine being able to walk away from them. Along with the police, Caitlin's loved ones also remain vigilant. We had some, like, get-togethers in Central Park. Um, We were handing out flyers. We put it all over social media, and that blasted. Like, that went everywhere in social media. We had a couple interviews with newscasts. We have a private investigator. With help from victims advocate Kenny Geralds, the family's efforts to raise awareness about Caitlin have spread well beyond central Virginia. Our organization has flooded her picture everywhere. I mean, uh, there's not a, a, a missing persons organization that hasn't seen Caitlin's face. In this area here, we distributed uh, between five to 10,000 flyers the day that we were up here. We've become the voice. Uh, We speak for them. We speak for the missing. In the meantime, Caitlin's family tries their best to move forward and preoccupy themselves with Caitlin's beloved nephew, Landon. Watching Landon grow up without her, it's different because we always had it planned out she was going to be around. You know, she was going to watch him grow up, watch him crawl for the first time, watch him walk for the first time, get his first teeth. And now that she can't be there, it's really hard. She couldn't wait to see him. That was her whole purpose of coming up to Virginia is to see this little guy here. They do what they can to keep Caitlin close. In June, my son graduated high school. And in his cap and gown, he was holding the Find Caitlin flyer. 
and in every big holiday or big event and that's happened since Kayla went missing, we always remembered it by having one of our missing flyers. We're just missing a great person, someone that I love dearly. For her birthday, we went to River Road near where they found her luggage. And we wrote messages on balloons for her birthday. Tell her we love you and stuff. It was, it was, it was sad. I never thought it would be a year. I never thought it would be a day. I never thought that was the last time I was going to see her that morning when I dropped her off. I need to know where my daughter's at. Whether she's okay or not, I need to know where she's at. I need to have, I need to have peace. Until then, the search for Caitlin continues. We'll go to the ends of the earth to find out what happened. If you have any information about Caitlin Akins, please contact the Spotsylvania County Sheriff's Office at 540-582-7115. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.